Welcome to the Clear Ads Podcast, Highway to Sell. You're listening to George Roberts and Tom Waghorn. This week's episode is actually quite a special one for us, so really excited to get this one recorded. We're actually joined by Clear Ads founder and CEO, George Maressa. George has been a pillar of the Amazon community for years now, so uh, welcome, George. Great to have you on for the first time, hopefully first time of many. And uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> how, how are you doing today? Are you okay? Thank you very much for that warm introduction and <clears throat> yeah, doing very well. The sun's out here in London um, today, so when that happens, it's a rare occasion for those listening outside of the UK, so we all get very excited. So, <laughs> It's rare, it's rare. Um, yeah, I might, I might actually go out on the bike as well this afternoon uh, if I get time. But yeah, George, as I say, great to have you on. So I suppose people are very well established with you within the community as well. And I know you're very vocal on the benefits, especially with Amazon's demand side platform. I've been on multiple calls with you, but if for people that don't know you or first time listeners to the podcast, could you just give a brief overview or into yourself? It can be as long as you want. It doesn't need to be brief, but yeah, into your journey within sort of the agency itself and then move into Amazon. Yeah, sounds good. So I was quite fortunate that a friend of mine had a Google ads business and whilst I was finishing uni. So okay. when I finished university, he, he he pushed me to come and work for his business. And, <clears throat> and that was in 2009. And just so you all know about just a little bit before that, Google used to pay agencies like us a percentage of the ad spend that would go through all accounts. Every wow. So he was, getting, he was getting like 50 to 100 grand every quarter so i'm so jealous so every time i speak what? to the google guys i'm just like oh i could have got 50 to 100 grand when i started i'm speaking to you and you're useless <laughs> i know the day i usually did but it's kind of useless. i think, um, I think and, the important question there is why did they stop doing that yeah so they stopped doing that it's a good question because they they basically decided to invest in like support uh, okay um so that's why i used to get really angry so anytime like a the account support guy isn't isn't helpful i'm just like, ah you know, I could have got 50 grand. But like, <laughs> <laughs> it would have been more helpful than their response, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and so when I started doing, so I went into sales, actually, at his firm, and it was awful. It was te- terrible, terrible. Yeah. I, I, not I, enjoy I, it at all. What's, what's, what's that? It's not enjoy it at all. No, no, sorry, George. No, thank you. <laughs> I literally panicked so much that halfway through calls, they asked me a question I didn't know the answer to. I would just hang up. Right? Oh, I was wow. Nervous I was, and then and then I said to Simon, um, "Is there any chance I can do account management?" Because I loved the idea. There was one guy, and I kind of idolised him. He would come in and he would speak to no one. He would have his headphones in. Right. He would get himself a cup of coffee. He'll be in the corner of the room and just work. Right. And I was just like, "Oh man." to come into an office and not speak to anyone for like a whole day. It's the dream, right? (laughs) So I want to do what he does. But when I got into Google Ads, I was absolutely fascinated by it because just studying uh, marketing at university, the power and influence that pay-per-click had, uh, well, has still, nothing really compares. You know, compare it to TV, compare it to other traditional forms of advertising, nothing comes close because people are looking for you and you get to engage with them at that exact second that they're looking for you so interest doesn't get any higher so I I was incredibly fond of 
PPC was like love at, love at first sight for me at the moment I started working <clears throat> in the accounts. And I think working at size account, a size company, the amount of people there wouldn't stay long. So okay. every time someone left, you kind of get pickings of what accounts to take on that they have. Yeah. So I was just picking up the biggest accounts. And then before you, before I knew it, I was there longer than anyone else apart from oh, wow. So and I wasn't there long. So um, <laughs> at that point, I picked up the, the best account. So I was able to just take on like a great amount of accounts. And I decided to kind of then start my own business. And that was in 2011. And, and just sorry to interrupt, what was the sort of reasonings behind that? Because that's quite a risk, isn't it, realistically? Sort of two years out of uni or a year and a half, whatever time that was. That's quite a brave brave thing to do at the sort of right Absolutely. age of 22 23 yeah thank you uh, uh, uh it's a good question I, I guess i've always always had an entrepreneur spirit in me so i used to, I, I was always like even at university i kind of worked a whole year to create this website which basically like, didn't do anything at the end and so <laughs> i'm happy to take risks yeah and if it flops it flops but i'm happy to to just give it a go. And I think when I was working with Sai, I think, I think, I hope, I hope you're listening to, to this Sai. And if you do, I'm sorry, but I'm going <laughs> to expose you a bit. But I think the biggest thing is he, he got his hands on this email list, right? And this is way before, you know, you shouldn't have email lists and stuff, but yeah. he had this massive list. He emailed everyone on that list once. And it was the best sales figures ever. Nothing close to yours, by the way, George, but it was the best. Uh, must be good then. Yeah. No, no, no. I, mean, I, mean, I mean, it was nowhere as good as yours. Like, oh, right, okay. So, so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I mean, so, so they got these amazing sales, and I just said to him, this is just one example, I said, mate, you need to send out another email blast because if you're looking yeah. at the success, like, and he was like, nope, it's fine, we're going to move on to just a traditional way of doing things. So wow. in my mind, I was just like, I could always do this better. So I set up my company. Actually, a really nice thing that happened is I went, I said to my mum, I'm looking to set up a company. And, and actually the nicest thing she did is, you know, we don't have much yeah. uh, growing up. So the nice thing she said is she gave me five grand of her savings. And wow. that was like a massive, massive morale, morale boost. So yeah. I already knew after making the mistake with the first company I tried to set up at uni, the process to get in a website put up, put up. I got a website put up. And then I accidentally stumbled across uh, a company, right, to work with. Now, I was still working with Sai, but in nothing in the contract did it say I can't work on any other accounts. So yeah. I carried on. And then before I knew it, I picked up more and more accounts for recommendations. And I was then earning more money on the weekend than I was working at uh, my mate's company. So wow. when he moved the company to Brighton and asked me to come in more, I just thought, no, I'm not going to do that. And I just decided to kind of go off with the business. And it was horrid. And this is something okay. I want to share with everyone. It was a painful, painful experience. I'm talking, you know, I was living on £900 a month wow. on, on management fees when all of my friends were on, you know, decent money coming out of university. So, uh, and that was for about a year and a half. Wow, but I really just enjoyed it. So what's that? As, that must have been tough going for, for sort yeah. of a year and a half, like not on the breadline, so to speak, but like obviously with with less disposable income, it's obviously always difficult. You must have had some sort of serious questions about if it's worthwhile during that sort of difficult year and a half. Too many. There were so many. There were so many times I was about to throw the flag, the white flag into the ring, the, the, flag, the white flag into the ring. 
Well, yeah. was, was it something you expected as well, George? Did you go into this new business venture of yours knowing that it would be tough at the beginning or was that a shock to the system? I thought I was going to wake up a millionaire, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought it was going to happen. Like, how, how long did it take you for it to become a millionaire? <laughs> for the company to go into seven figures, it's taken 10 years. Yeah. Uh, so it's only now we're doing that. So, but that's just something I would, especially those who are just starting off. One thing I'd want to say is set your expectations low, have low goals, you know, live on the bare minimum. I was, if anyone invited me around for dinner, I was there. If, if I would go home on a weekend and just rummage through my mom's kitchen to just get any food I can, so I can bring back. So I was, my, 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 my um, the amount I spend per month was so low. It didn't really make a difference. I was able to, to sustain mm. uh, living on such a small income, but I was just picking up accounts, picking up accounts, going to networking events, picking up accounts, and, and try to hire someone. And when we got to some decent numbers, and then when I hired her, um, she was fantastic, Megan. And the company, like the sales dropped, started dropping and dropping and dropping. So you know, she decided to to find another company to go to. So she did that, and then it was me again. And I was like, oh my gosh, is this is this is there any point in this? Yeah. Then, and then did the whole process again, hired someone else, and then she was gone. And it's just back to me again. And you know, that was into year four. So it was still pretty brutal. And then in year five, I was literally about to cancel. And then one of my mentors said, um, give it six months. Yeah. Give yourself a goal. And within six months, if you don't reach the goal, um, stop. Wow. And then at that point, I became ruthless. So I called all the clients and said, look, I had nothing to lose at that point. Uh, I was going to interviews and crushing it. Like I was able to get some decent interviews for decent money. So I thought to myself, why am I living on such low management fees? So we won't do this to our clients now because we're comfortable with the fees we charge, but I just doubled everything. I doubled every account account's management fee and no one complained. So that helped and then it grew. Uh, it kind of continued to grow after that. So after year five is when we started to see some really decent numbers. How how was it working alone? Because you, you said you hired um, th- those two ladies individually and they kind of stayed for a period before they went off somewhere else. How, how was it actually just working alone? Um, I, I think there were certain <clears throat> stages where it was hard, especially then I bought a place and kind of living alone, working alone. So I wasn't like interacting with people much, but I, I got pretty content with it. Like, okay. Uh, um, I, I was okay. I think it was more demoralizing when they left because going from, they say it's going from one to two is the hardest. Going two to three, three to four is fine, but it's just that initial initial step. So, um, yeah, that was really de- demoralizing. And there was one stage actually where I had, so I had a goal, right? I wanted to earn 10 grand a month. That was my, that's my life goal. So growing up, I was like, I always wanted to earn 10 grand a month. And I did that on my own, but it just wasn't worth it at that point. It was that I had no time to spend doing what I wanted to do. And I know and I, like, I was charging not enough. So you're talking 10, 10 grand a month spread out across a lot of accounts. Right. I still had a lot to learn at the time. Um, so I had no life. I had cash in the bank, but no life. And at that point, I said to myself, you know what? I would rather share this with people. I share this growth with people rather than go it on my own. And that's when I really pushed um, to hire more and more people so we can all kind of ride the journey together 
Well, that's that's amazing, and sort of thanks for that background, especially especially in the Google days. Um, it's something that I, I don't even particularly know too much about, and I suppose from what you've just said there, that that growth and that trend where you start to take on more people and more stuff probably enabled you to push onto Amazon as well, because that happened around about the same time from what you've just said. Is that right? Yeah, and that was actually Tom was involved in this because um. I forgot what happened. But... If you could only see the video, you're making me blush. Oh. <laughs> um... <laughs> I think uh, Tom and I were just sitting in the office and I just rushed in. I said, Tom, we're going to do Amazon ads now. Uh, <laughs> and then we, we, we found a cl- uh, someone we worked with for a few years and I said, look, I'll pay for your advertising. I just want to learn how to do it. So we got access to an account and that was a headache, but we finally got access. And then when we got access to it, we we kind of did it and um we were like this is easy this is unbelievably easy compared to people ads this is so basic right um, so at that point we 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 knew google ads right so we set up a landing page we created a google ads campaign and we couldn't believe the prices we were paying per click for right. amazon amazon advertising services right so the moment we got the ad running, that was the next day. So from when I, we said we wanted to get going, the next day we had ads running. We were getting the leads in quick, and you know we were very honest. We said to those clients, "Look, for the you know for the first two, we didn't charge them anything. The first few months because we're still learning from yeah. them. I and mean, actually, we we still take that philosophy in place now, where we learn a lot from our clients. So we went in and we just learn and learn, and then after two accounts, we're like, okay, this is this is it's way less work than google plus we get to charge twice as much <laughs> um, and also there's no one else doing it right and that was the big eye-opener for us we were just like right excuse excuse my french but i was like screw google at that point yeah. I was like, when, you, when you get a google lead it's like three or four people they'll talk to three or four other people but then when it was of amazon there was no one so yeah. it's like, yeah, they'll be back. You know, there's no one else. It's, so, a great, it's a great business model, isn't it? Like blue ocean and you, you can even charge more. So that's uh, <laughs> striking gold. Yeah, amazing. And I mean, over the last 10 years, because I mean, 10 years running your own company is like, it's a milestone in itself. I know we had like a celebration last year. Well, on a hangout, a Slack celebration it was when we hit the 10-year anniversary. But, I mean, what's sort of been your biggest challenge in those 10 years? Because I know you've sort of touched on it briefly, the rough sort of start and the year and a half that where it was a bit of a struggle. But over the last 10 years, has there been one particular challenge that has really struck you or has it been just a number of sort of encounters that you've had to go over? There's quite a few, but I think the biggest one was process, not having enough processes in place. And just kind of going with the waves um, okay. and burning out, that's been a big issue. And then uh, and then experiencing that with the team as well, because I was like, right, my philosophy in life is you work hard until you burn out. So when people came on, I was like, right, I guess they do the same too, because if I think like that, they must think like mm. that. Actually, it's not like that. Uh, and people have yeah. limits. So, and that's been the biggest biggest challenge and i've only realized that now as we're starting to solve that issue and that now it kind of the business i'm not as involved and it runs itself and i think for me that's just been the best thing and that's been and before that was the biggest challenge and i you know i wasn't able to take 
in those 10 years until now yeah. not a single day off work yeah so be, being too involved is probably one of the biggest challenges am i sort of hearing that right so like yeah. you feel like you couldn't step back yeah yeah and, and i mean i completely agree that the processes that you must have chopped and changed over the last 10 years must have just must be ridiculous because obviously you're constantly learning constantly evolving not only as an individual as a business and i mean even when more people stepped in they'll they'll have their own processes in which they'll want to implement to obviously propel the business forward so yeah i suppose with more more eyes and just more ideas the processes obviously evolve and change for the better in most circumstances yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's been the biggest that's been the biggest it's been it's been the best thing is is, is having the processes in place yeah so i mean that probably leads on to the next question i have is i know we spoke about the biggest challenges just but what's been like the best part of the journey so far or the most gratifying for you as the business owner um for clear ads i think it's discovery it's it's when you find something new and no one's doing it and just get into it i think so we talked about amazon there was one time i came back and just found amazon dsp right no yeah. one was doing it at the time i could say that with confidence right and i ran to the team i was like right guys we're having an emergency meeting right <laughs> so i got everyone down into the boardroom i sat them down and then i said to them this is called amazon dsp we're gonna get it we're gonna get access to it and this is gonna change everything for us yeah right so i said that to the team I know I could see their faces um, and the body language. It was like, yes. Was it a look of fear or a, <laughs> <laughs> well, a look was, of happiness? It was more like whatever, you know, like, okay, <laughs> he's getting excited again. Because there's been a lot of flops. So there's been a lot of, oh, guys, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And it just doesn't work. But with Amazon, I was just like, yeah, this is going to absolutely crush it for us. So that was painful because having to kind of, go into LinkedIn and just find anyone remotely related to Amazon DSP, finding their details, begging, pleading to get access to our own entity. And just going through that process was, I found it fun. And I, especially going into that unknown. And that has been, Amazon's demand side platform has been the biggest game changer for us because we do have a stamp in the world being recognized for it. So yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's, I, I've seen you do talks as well on, conferences and whatnot and even now i still think it's still in the discovery phase i mean more people do know about it but it's still realistically a lot of sellers aren't implementing some tools to just benefit from success and yeah it is really interesting to hear that that, that's what a bit a big sort of game changer for for us as a company yeah yeah we've talked a bit about the challenges and the success stories of of setting up clear ads what do you think would be the most gratifying part of your journey through this so far? It's, be, it's, it's being surrounded by people I enjoy being with. I think, and this is more kind of, uh, it, no offense to the clients, but the, the people we work with, so the team. So I think having such an amazing team of people and and them journeying with us, and just to trust, this is something that always kind of puts me back a bit you know i think the people who trusted me no no offense to you george because i think we were pretty pretty, doing pretty well when you came on board but people like tom Mm -hmm. and and uh, a few of the kind of the legacy accounts they trusted me like 
yeah, you know, this is a company that's barely got like, holding itself together, and they trusted me to go full time. And I'm not going to embarrass you now, Tom, but you had an opportunity to work somewhere else doing youth work. Yeah, I did. And, and, the, and the, you know, we said that why don't you do half with half time, part time with me, and part time, part time with doing the youth work. And then you thought about it, came back and said, nope, I'm going to do full time with you. So, just that. That that's one particular story, and there's another story where a young lady basically, I don't advise this to many people, but she quit school to to work with us, and you know we did challenge her. We said, "Are you sure you want to do this? What are you going to do if you don't get the job?" And she says she'll find somewhere else. But she just quit school, um, and just that amount of belief is just a bit overwhelming sometimes. Um, but yeah, just love the people and just being able to celebrate with others, you know, rather than trying to just do it on your own and fine send them you know make make lots of money and have lots of fun but it's not the same yeah i'd say personally as well that that's just probably a reflection on you though george i mean when i left my role to join the company i was the reason why it was just because of the way you communicated and the sort of vision you had for the company so like i mean it's always a hard thing to leave leave a job and decide to go for another job but like for, for myself personally you made that decision pretty easy for me because of the way you communicated and the the values that you had for the company. So the trajectory that I saw that we would be able to go as an agency, yeah, it was just communicated by you really clearly. And it's something that I just wanted to be a part of that growth and just something something new. So I'd say that's just a reflection on you as a, as a person and as a boss, which yeah. is great. And I think I'm starting to learn more about me and what I like and what I'm good at. And I think I, I, I love people and I think that's been a big benefit for me and I love seeing people go from just starting off not knowing much to absolutely bossing it so just that privilege of seeing that has been it's been incredible so that's my benefit so I don't manage accounts anymore but and I used to really enjoy doing that but this is I think this far exceeds it is just the people the development of people and yeah that's something else that I really really enjoy Okay, amazing. Now, this this might uh, be a pretty broad question, but what would you say the best thing about Amazon advertising is? I know you might say DSP, but if you sort of <laughs> <laughs> hone in on like a particular element to Amazon advertising, which you really enjoy, that'd be great. It's, 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 I think people don't understand the power you have with advertising, especially on Amazon. It's, you have the power to have your ads serve instantly at any given time at, with, with any given budget, mm-hmm. right? So you have the power to rein things back and you have the power to go aggressive with with advertising, regardless of it's, whether it's DSP or, or PPC. So yeah. for Amazon advertising, it's that, it's that control and, and the power of that control. And again, it's being positioned in front of a potential customer when they're looking for your product and some some people might struggle and find that you know they don't get as many sales but that's not advertising's problem that's your product's problem i agree if if with an ad if you're able you know if you sell water bottles and someone is looking for a water bottle you can have your ad serve to someone who's looking for a water bottle at that time and what makes Amazon's advertising far more powerful than anywhere else is Amazon's years of branding, where billions have been poured into that, 
and also the trust and actually there's people with a high intent to buy already on there it's not like facebook where they're just socializing or google where they're searching for information they're on amazon because they want to buy yeah yeah amazing yeah it's, and that's why i mean so amazon's so good i suppose as a company because they're always just putting the, the customer first and trying to make that process as streamless as possible which in turn obviously helps businesses leveraging amazon as a platform to sell their yeah. products thanks to that and just just on the back of that question obviously we asked for your best thing of, of amazon advertising what would you say the worst thing is or what what would you say the biggest mistake that you've seen actually that sellers make on amazon advertising okay that's a good question and, and i think it's it's the lack of market research done by by customers and more importantly how often so they might have done a bit at the beginning but they don't con- continue to keep an eye on on the market mm-hmm. uh, and obviously we work with some incredible clients who are ruthless of keeping an eye on it. And that's why I, I think this, because I see how they do it and they're doing very well. And I see how like smaller businesses do it. And for example, when clients come to us and say, oh, why is our ACOS high? Why is, why is, you know, why are we paying so much on advertising and not getting that uh, return on advertising? Why are we unprofitable? Yeah. Well, we all, you know, we always go back to the products, right? Mm-hmm. If you're selling something that's three pounds more than, or the average price, then what do you think is going to happen? Yeah. Why on earth would someone click on your product and buy it when there's obvious other products? If you've got average reviews, that clearly says something about your product. Yeah. Right? There's so many other areas that you can look into, but advertising is 10% of it. And believe you me, and you know, we look at a lot of accounts and you see it. There's some accounts that we get, the moment they come on, it flies. We put any PPC into it, it flies. It doesn't matter if it's an auto campaign. It doesn't matter if it's if it's a broad keyword campaign. It just converts and, and sells. And that's because that particular business has found an incredible niche or have a unique offering or have a, a quality of a product that's far superior than anyone else. Yeah. And they've also done the work on their back end to make sure that they're placed right in the market. That they've- yeah. They've not just left it up to the magic wand of turning on a PPC campaign and thinking that the money's going to come raining in. Like you said, this is sort of 10, 15% of the overall Amazon package. It's it's not just turn on PPC and win. You've got to have everything else sorted out as well. Especially now the prices of PPC is going up. Yeah. Um, There's, you know, Amazon, especially for a new business, they discriminate against new businesses you know they they would rather have campaigns that have been running for a while run at a cheaper cost per click because they've been running for a while compared to someone new who comes in has a lower budget but is is is, is having to pay far more per click to, posi- to position anywhere near the top of the page so it's becoming more difficult so i think the big challenge is you know advertise uh, companies need to be more smart when it comes to their products and you know, when, when we look at, you know, if you want to look at, get a good idea of what top-notch listings look like, check out the supplement space. Check out the the probiotic for pet foods and and, and health, anything to do with health. You know, check out those categories because they are the ones that are absolutely smashing it because it's so competitive and because it's so expensive per click. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Okay, yeah, amazing. Thank you for that. I'm sure that will probably resonate with a lot of people um, listening. Yeah, so thank you. And I suppose, I know, we, I know we just spoke about the biggest mistake, but what would be your sort of top tips for sellers uh, trying to gain traction on the platform, whether they're new or old? Just a few of your nuggets of gold that you always share with the team. Um, I would say anyone starting off new, don't go into Amazon advertising with five five grand or ten grand you need to have a solid investment and treat it like a proper business i'd also say never run out of stock especially at the beginning you yeah. know find mm. room before it don't be looking to introduce new product variations when you can't even keep track of your main product right because that's going to have a huge impact be prepared to split test content i think this is not done enough split test content on, on on the product so switch the images around you know really spend money you know get someone who does photoshop to to try out different variations of images of your product to mess around with the headline um, and features just to make sure it reads well so an, another company i was speaking to you know they have on any launch strategy they have three different listings that they write so they have the first set of listings which is to capture the high, um, the long tail keywords so that they can rank easier for those type of terms. Then after a while, they move into not the long tail, but something in the middle between long tail, long tail and short tail keywords. And then, and then eventually they move over to the uh, short tail, kind of the, the single word terms um, in their listings so that they could have a ranking strategy. And they right. have this all already written out before the product even goes live. So there's so much prep that goes into that. So, that's just things to also bear in mind. I guess it's obvious from all three of our accents that we're we're based in the UK, but we've actually got a very strong footprint throughout Europe, and more importantly, because of the size of the continent, the US. Can you shed some light on how we expanded into the US, how long it took, and any complications you found with that? Yeah, sure. I think this is another big mistake and a big regret that I have. I think a year into us managing Amazon advertising as a business, we got access to our first US account to do an audit, which by the way, we took, we took a client on. Um, and so we did an audit for them and our jaws just dropped because we did not know people could make that much on Amazon per month. We've never seen an account so big. So when, when we noticed just a massive opportunity we we were leaving on the table we completely changed our strategy and then we just decided right from now on we're putting all of our efforts i'm talking 95 percent of our efforts into the us we want to get a good foothold in the us so any event that was going on in the us we were there sponsor event sponsorships we you know we were all over that kind of paid advertising like majority of the budgets went into the US and I think you know we've done that well I think if we were a year earlier we'd be double the size right now but unfortunately we we kind of stuck to the UK and we didn't do our due diligence and market research into into the US to, to really understand just how big that space was. What do you think it is that sets the US apart from the UK? Is, is it just the sheer size that, that there's more opportunity to find those bigger bigger sellers? Yeah, it's the size. There's just far more people in the US. And also, it's just more adopted. It's been around in the US longer. So I always say to UK clients, you know, a good time machine for UK clients is, is, is the US, right? So 
you look at, you know, if you go to US events and speak to what they're doing, and that will eventually be done in the UK. So it's just the fact that they're years ahead. Yeah. And, and we, we see that reflected in the account work we do, that we get excited when a new feature comes, but we have to take a step back and realize at the moment, this is just for our US clients. We can, we can get our UK and our EU clients excited that it's coming, but it, it could easily be six months to a year away before we actually get the opportunity to, to be able to use that targeting method within a UK account. So yeah, I, I, I hear you there that they are a step forward ahead of everything else. Amazing. So George, this is a bit of a random question, but have you uh, ever tried selling on Amazon yourself? <laughs> I have, yeah, <laughs> I flopped. It was so bad. So I, I, I was like, right, the reason why I wanted to, to, to advertise on, Am- on Amazon a product is because I was just getting more and more frustrated because I was speaking to Amazon sellers in the UK who have amazing products. And I'm like, dude, get into the US. Like, get your products out there. And they just would t- give me so many excuses as to why they can't do it. So I got fed up and I was like, you know what, I'm going to do it. But just to prove a point. So yeah. I just kind of, you know, no market research. I literally just went on to, how about it, Jungle Scout, Jungle. found the product. Yeah. It was just a food bag. And then I went, you know, I sourced from Alibaba a number of different suppliers. I got them all to send me food bags and then... I picked one that I liked and I was like, right, I sent that from the U, uh, the, from China straight to the US and started selling it in FBA and and I was pumping money into it, like a decent amount and just made a massive loss. But I thought, but funny enough, I just diluted that company uh, yeah. a few days ago. But I did it, but yeah, that was, I was hoping it would work, but yeah. it moved too fast. By the time I got the product out, there were five or six different people selling food bags at a price I just could not compete with. Yeah, and, and I suppose that just obviously highlights that what you were talking about earlier, the biggest mistake that sellers make. I mean, you probably would agree that you made that mistake. And so you know firsthand the research and due diligence that needs to go into selecting a product and sort of implementing campaigns. So that's really insightful. We have one client, right? We've managed to persuade him to go to the US. He's best selling product in the UK does does more sales in the US than everything he sells in the UK. So mm-hmm. one product has more sales than everything that, that, that comes through the entire UK account. And this guy's got a few hundred different products in the UK. Yeah. And that's just the power of going into the US, especially if you're established in the UK and doing well. So personally for me, George, I joined obviously last year during the sort of pandemic. It was a weird time for everyone, 2020. I I work for a publisher business, which is very different to Amazon. And as a company, we we weren't obviously navigating the coronavirus particularly well. And that's why I I started actually looking elsewhere. And I suppose the impact on COVID-19 on all businesses was drastic. But for a lot of Amazon sellers, it made their business actually perform better under under the circumstances a lot of people jumped onto e-commerce but what has the impact been on clear ads as a business and the company as a whole this is funny because i remember at one of my colleagues and i were in prague at the orange click event and i was speaking to other ppc agencies and they were really nervous and said, oh, we're losing clients because of the pandemic mm. uh, we're really nervous and i said to all of them because of this the crisis the financial crisis and the pandemic that we're going to go into 
our businesses will double. Yeah. Our businesses will grow. And and literally that is what we saw. So since the pandemic started until the end of the year, we've seen like three hundred percent growth in the business. Wow. And actually, there's been some. It's been incredibly stressful because it's just been a lot to, to kind of to manage all at, all at once. So um, we're fortunate of the industry that we're in. So when the pandemic happened, mo- a lot of people were just buying a lot on Amazon. So it made not only getting new business easy because they were flying to us, but the existing business that we have, sales were just flying for them as well. So yeah. we saw, we, we, we've seen numbers we've never seen before during the pandemic. Amazing. Yeah, and, and I suppose just from sort of my, my reflection, that's why, I mean, I was so interested in joining and that we've increased as a team as well and as a company with the amount of employees we have now due to the pandemic, uh, which is like amazing to see how we've sort of navigated a economic crisis remarkably well which yeah. is yeah, amazing yeah and it's it's been an incredible journey it's, we have to remember it's it's been literally a week over a year now hasn't it that that impact has has hit the world globally and how much of a journey we've all been on together how big the team's grown how big our client base has grown and how big our clients themselves have grown through that and it's yeah it sounds bad that we're potentially taking advantage of a bad situation but we've not brought any detriment onto anyone. Yes, we've grown. Yes, people have grown, but that's because people have seen a need for those products. And yeah, we've, we've had existing clients branching into areas that they'd never even dreamed of before, like selling PPE equipment and, and hand sanitizer, not only to make themselves money, but to, to make it easier for those people out there who are struggling to get hold of those things, actually get hold of those things. And nothing is easier than logging onto Amazon, typing in hand sanitizer, and then seeing hundreds of sellers that you can buy from. If one of them sold out, move on to the next one. It's it's incredible. Yeah. And we talked earlier about your evolution through Clear Ads and how you've you've taken more steps back as the company has grown, that you're no longer an account manager yourself. So would you be able to tell our listeners what your responsibilities are within Clear Ads now? It's more ensuring that as we grow, there's less gaps. Mm-hmm. So we're just trying to add more systems and processes because I think I think going from seven figures to eight figures, which is our next our next hurdle, is gonna is gonna is gonna require a lot more processes and a lot more streamlining. So we're just finding that as the team has grown, different problems are starting to occur. So just being able to face them. Um, head on and if we can't face them head on hire someone who can help us do that or or help consult and guide us so that's that's my next step so I'm trying to I'm always trying to think ahead so I'm always thinking you know what is what is a a 10 figure a year business a 10 figure a year agency look like what what does it what, what do we need how many people do we need to have what things do we need to have in, in place? And, and, and more importantly, what's new? You know, what is there right now that no one's utilising that I can spend some time just researching and understanding and then try and jump into, regardless mm-hmm. of it's Amazon. No offence to Amazon's audience that's listening. You know, if, if, if we found something that is non-e-commerce, that has a huge demand, we'll jump into it. And that's what I would say to Amazon sellers as well, you know, always be prepared to diversify and then go into a new space 
And that's exactly what we did. Like we, we started out as Google and we took that that jump, although we identified that we were, we were pretty much one of the first agencies in Europe, if not the first, to, to jump into Amazon. It was still a risk, even though we, we understood that the landscape was, you know, open waters, fresh for us to take all the fish early. But it was still a risk jumping yeah. from something that we knew was comfortable to something we'd never touched. Yeah. And, and I, I, another question we've got is, what, what sort of people do you, in terms of clients, what sort of people do you look to work with? And is there ever the perfect client to take on? Are you ever turning clients away? And if so, why? So, yeah, there, there, there is a perfect client. And the perfect client is tends to be seasoned accounts that have been successfully running for a while. They have some good reviews on their listings and they're ready to make them take the next step when it comes to Amazon PPC. When it comes to the Amazon's demand side platform, you need to be doing at least seven figures a year. Um, and I'm talking not just just scraping a million, but you know comfortably seven figures a year. And I'm not talking about you just did seven figures like this month. Um, and you want to do DSP, you know, you have to have to have been doing it a while, have some really strong products that link up well, ideally for us to consider them. And yeah, we turned clients away all the time, all the time. You know, if we see a client and, you know, they have one image on their products and they uh, are most of their products, um, or, or we see a client who has their three of their best selling items out of stock, or there's just been so many inconsistencies in their in their history that they keep running out of stock on their best products. You know, we have said to people, look, you need to work on, you know, your listings first and then come back to us. Or you need to um, have a better process with your logistics to ha- make sure that the operations of the business is running better before we work with you. Um, we also send clients away when they have unrealistic expectations, you know. Okay. When, if someone thinks they're going to come on board and make make five times as much with us, with an extra grand on PPC a month. And you, you know, you'd be surprised at how many people reach out with, with, with stupid expectations like that. We, we don't, we don't work with that. So we, we would say, we would say no. So ideally we do the audit reports to really understand where people are and to really understand how, how much of an educated seller they are. And if, if they're not that educated in terms of being like, as an Amazon seller, we would try our best to see if they're open-minded to the suggestions we make. And then whether they do it, and if they're not, we would just say no. And I guess that audit report, even if they don't end up coming on with us, is it's 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 a free little guide and a free little bit of help that they can take that away and work on those tips to better their their account and their business. Yeah, and and you know Amazon is just going to continue to grow. Yeah, I think I think as more and more retail stores shut down, just because of how expensive it is as more and more people adopt buying on Amazon, like just throughout the pandemic, I think this was a US, this is a US stat, the amount of people who buy food online went from 1% to 10% of, of, of total e-commerce sales. So already there's new types of buying behaviors being created through e-commerce because of this pandemic. And I think this is going to stick you know, yeah. Amazon does make all of this easy to do. You know, I can send stuff to my mum's house. I can send stuff to my sister's house. 
I can send stuff to friends. You know, I've got everything saved. It's got my bank card saved. And I actually used Amazon myself personally way more now than I have ever done before. Yeah. And it's safe as well. That's the, that's the main thing. You know what you're going to get with Amazon as a brand uh, behind it. And I mean, that's why they're sort of branch, branching out into like pharmaceuticals and everything else of what they're doing now, uh, which is insane. Yeah. And, and you'll be surprised as well how many businesses we spoke to three years ago, four years ago, five years ago, and they weren't ready at the time. And they're now reaching out to us and saying, okay, we're now a good space to come on board and do some stuff with you in terms of advertising. So we've had that quite a lot over the last year as well. So George, obviously we're all working from home at the moment and uh, doing what we can working from home to obviously communicate to each other and obviously still be together as a team. But I mean, what's the one thing you're looking forward to now when the world actually final returns to normal? What, what are you going to do? That's a good question. I, th- I think travel. Before this whole lockdown, we went away a lot. Sometimes as a team, other times it's just one or two people. So really want to kind of jump on as many Amazon events, networking events, and just general, just travel and work abroad. That is that is the dream. That is what we aim to do and, and just enjoy working from different places around the world. So, George, thank you so much for coming on. Um, been great to have you on. I'm sure our listeners will have absolutely loved hearing some insights, not only from an Amazon advertising perspective, but as a business owner perspective as well and some of the hurdles that you've overcome. So, yeah, thank you for that. So next week's episode is going to be on why you should spend more time thinking about match types. We're actually going to be joined by one of our account managers, Sophie, in which we'll be dis- discussing all things match types and how to implement proper campaigns to achieve your advertising goals. So catch you next week.